JM in the AM. That's, of course, the song that we designated. And I remember telling Eighth Day about it when we had them on the air. We designated it as the theme for Superstorm Sandy, By My Side. By my side this morning is Rabbi Bender. Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender is, of course, the uh, director of Achiezer. We remember when the organization was in its initial stages. I know it's an effective organization for a variety of reasons, obviously one being the Superstorm. Another reason is because, ZK, you remember this. Do you remember that uh, episode in Jerusalem when we were walking together and I fell and broke my elbow? Do you remember that? Remember that night? Turned out to be a crazier night than we expected that evening. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. So I go to a specialist. In, uh, what did I, remember what I did? I landed Friday morning, went straight to the, um, to the doctor in Manhattan. And I go to this specialist, a nice uh, Korean gentleman, a uh, wonderful doctor. And, um, and he's taking care of me and all that. And for some reason, I decided to mention Rabbi Bender's name because I know that he has a relationship with many doctors who, you know, he's always seeking their help to help people out here and other places. And that was how Rabbi Bender was first introduced to us years ago as somebody who will help with medical coordination. And what happens when I when I mention your name to Doctor Kwan? Of course, of course, it's Rabbi Bender. I said, "Oh, there you go. I know that they're doing their work out here at Achiezer." <laughs> yeah, I remember that very well. You remember that story? We're happy you're sitting here with both arms. <laughs> well. You recommend a great doctor, and what happens? Uh, he puts me back to 100%, thank God. Uh, Rai Baruch Bear Bender is uh, joined by Ellie Weiss, who's development coordinator here at Achiezer. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Any information anybody needs about Achiezer and to support the amazing work here, it's achiezer.org. Comprehensive information about what they do is available on the website. You, you, you reinforced for me something just a few minutes ago off the air, and I'm so glad you did. Uh, it's an observation that's so important. Uh, a year ago, we sat here. There was still an air of depression as we were exhaling after telling all these stories about Superstorm Sandy. And, and you, there were some amazing stories. We can recommend the archive to people who want to hear them. We're talking about uh, Hatzalah members, Achiezer members who put their lives at risk, and we are not exaggerating, to literally save people who would have stayed in their homes and unfortunately would have cert- would, would likely have perished. That's how serious a situation you found yourself in and so many other members were in. And we were doing all these stories last year and talking about it. And today, I believe, two years later is so different than a year later. Now we could look forward. When you look back, thank God, the positive memories and the achdus, the unity, you know, overshadows all the tragedy of that time. And we're able to move forward and talk more about uh, what Achiezer does on a regular basis. So... Any need to look back this morning, or can we talk about what you're do, what you're involved with on a daily basis these days? I think before we go forward, only you know need to look back, and not just to be uh, correct or politically correct, so to say, but the fact remains. I know it was mentioned briefly earlier. There are still families. You know, we have a you know we call her still the hurricane coordinator, Milka Kielsen, who joined us in the aftermath of Sandy. And just this week, two or three inquiries came our way of people that are still suffering. You know, whether it was an insurance claim that was being you know counted on and depended upon, and they waited and waited and waited, and finally it came through, and they said, you know what, sorry, we're not going to give that money to redo your basement. Now you may think basement, what's the big deal for some people? The basement is the primary living space, and on and on, without going all the examples. So there are those that are still 
trying to really get back on their feet because Sandy just hit them in a way they never imagined. However, despite that being the situation, I would wholeheartedly agree that somewhat a bit more festive atmosphere because the community in two ways, I think, has really grown. A, it has grown literally by the fact that people have rebuilt, people have come back to their homes, people have gotten their lives back on track by and large. And number two, which keeps being mentioned, and uh, I think it's really a fascinating thing because it's holding, was yes, in the aftermath of Sandy, it was every person out there, every organization out there from far and wide, not only the Frockway Five Towns, people came in from Brooklyn to help, from Seagate, and from Flatbush, Bar Park, Muncie, Lakewood, Chicago, all over, but particularly people in this community banded together in ways that we never saw, and what I'd love to share with you today is that that's sticking till today. Where you feel a, it. Absolutely. There's a newfound unity in the community, and God forbid we would say it was worth it. Because, right. you know, we can't talk that way. It was a heavy price, but... Heavy price, but uh, I think it's fascinating that Would all the rabbis later, agree with you in this community? I really would. I, 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 I'm going to stumble a little bit because nothing's <laughs> trying to catch me, but I would say that everybody in the community, uh, left, right, up, down, would all say that the unity that has been found in the community due to what happened after Sandy, uh, we can only hope and pray, and we'll continue to make sure that that stays in that fashion. So there are a lot less calls to mold cleaning Outfits, that's for sure. That is 100% right? They're not the making fact. as much money as they were two they years ago. They are not ago. as happy with Achiezer as they were two years ago. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're not the client you were back then. Huh? No, neither is the carpet store happy with us or the furniture store or the insurance adjusters. They want to know what happened. They thought they hit their payday for a good few years to come. And now it's like once every few months. By the way, can you help someone? And by the way, we're not paying you. Give them a free consultation. <laughs> right. As opposed to the 40, 50, 60, 80 cases they saw a week then. So no, those calls really have come almost dramatically and completely stopped. At this Didn't point. you have somebody, or maybe you were just a beneficiary of some forethinking from down there, what, wasn't there somebody who actually went to Baltimore or came from Baltimore with a bunch of generators or something, right? We will never forget the chesed. You're talking about Frank Storch. I That's who it was. Yeah, like 100 Baltimore. generators? I think he brought about 130 generators. And yes, just we literally need... load them up and sent them up to New York. Loaded them up. Trucks. God sent them. He took five trucks, Ellie correct. Oh, he took them themselves. And you don't understand. All of a sudden, in 2 o'clock in the morning, we had hundreds of people from Frockway and, of course, the entire five towns lined up in the Darche Torah Park. And literally out of a movie. Chas for some, we don't know what a movie is in the Darche Torah. <laughs> My world, you know. And, yeah. But Frank Storch comes rolling down Seagull Boulevard with five 25-foot rider trucks, whatever company it was. Right. Nobody asked him to do this. He called us and, and said, just we're coming. It, and to put it in perspective for people listening around the world, there were no generators available in this area. No. The only option was to get them from other areas. One option of the was you could not find one. And any, anybody who's local knows the right. Lowe's and all these stores, they weren't open and they certainly didn't have any. Right. And Frank Storch went, literally bought out a Home Depot in Baltimore, was had no idea who would pay, what would pay, laid out this money on his own, and just rolled in and milled the night. I mean, he came with five or six other guys. Hatsala guys came along, I think, from Baltimore. You heard Naftali's ice cream story, right? Absolutely. I mean, these stories are the stories of Superstorm Sandy. Yes, you you needed millions of dollars in order to help people, but that's not the story. Right, the real stories, these little things that yeah, were these going little things on. will stick in my mind. You know, last year you had you know you had certain Balabatim on this on right. this show, and a lone Goldberger type. He'll shoot me for saying his name on the radio again. <laughs> these guys were lawyers in big companies, and instead they spent their days with with nasty boots and overalls, climbing into basements, pulling out muck because the companies were backlogged and they wanted to help out a neighbor. And yes, Rabbi Groner setting an ice cream right. truck, so a few children who's lost everything in their life can have an ice cream cone and enjoy ten minutes of joy during a time that was just awful, 
No, we will never forget those stories, and uh, absolutely, they deserve our recognition. And today is a time to look back, because we have not forgotten those acts of kindness. Yes, millions and zillions were raised, which is beautiful and essential and critical, but these memories are uh, are quite special indeed. I um, I alluded to the fact earlier in the week and said it again this morning that uh, Sandy turned you into an international community effort. I mean, there are people around the world who know about Achiezer now and, and the work that you're doing. And now it goes way beyond hurricane or superstorm relief. What would you say to our audience in describing what Achiezer is doing on a daily basis for people? Well, first of all, I would start off because my father, Rabbi Bender Shlita, has always taught us that HaKarasatov is elementary. And our entire staff, and certainly Elika, was right at the helm of that fundraising effort. We have a tremendous HaKarasatov to people around the world over. Literally, we're talking out of the country from right. as far as Mexico, England, who stepped up and answered Achiezer's call for help to help our community. So we will never forget the way they responded to Achiezer. Um, but at this point, yes, we have settled and moved on from the hurricane mission, so to say. It was never the mission statement. Right. And really we spend our days, and I speak on behalf of an entire dedicated staff of nearly 15 people at this point, started on a little shoebox office with just one or two people. They really spend their days, you know, solving crises of every imaginable sort. You know, yes, the core part of our mission, like we said, started and stays true to the medical and healthcare world and the mental health world where people who are just suffering and need a confidential, private place to turn to at all hours of the day. And that is what we spend most of our days doing, and the staff does Because it. that's one of the biggest areas of, of need in our community. The bottom line is that you go across the country, both within the Jewish world and out of the Jewish world, and everybody at one point or another, sometimes small, sometimes large, we don't judge anyone else's crisis, you're going to deal with the, with the hiccup on the way. And whether it's, you know, a referral for, for an elbow, or whether it's a cardiac surgeon, or whether it's, unfortunately, you know, a young one that's suffering with mental health issues, people need a place to turn to. And they need confidential, expeditious, quick help. And that's been the core of our mission. And uh, the one thing that's remained due to the Sandy exposure, like you said, has been that people have sought out Achiezer's help in much greater numbers, in large part because of the exposure we received there. Right. No one's ever looking for more business, you know, right. not in this world. But which is, of course, good, and, and sometimes it's, it's challenging. Right. Absolutely. It's challenging because, yes, we were created to be here as a, as a real resource for the Farakaway five towns and surrounding communities, and we're very happy to help people from out of the community, but it definitely poses a challenge, but there probably isn't a day that goes by, I was just asked this yesterday, where at least one or two or three calls will come trickling in, whether it's from Lakewood, whether it's from Brooklyn or Crown Heights, or, or beyond of people just seeking our assistance and those are usually primarily again people you know with, with medical or mental health or, or, or insurance or really just a family having a crisis needing needing a place to turn to and getting some quick answers um, and some real follow-up and that's what we do maybe this is a more of a question for Ellie Weiss development coordinator but I mean is there a, is there an Achiezer dinner is there a major event is there a is it only through the web that you're raising money how do people help Achiezer's cause on a regular basis um, you asked like four questions there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> events, dinners, and uh, raising money. So as far as the events, we're actually in the planning stages. Or I've been there, actually, Malcolm, you, you alluded to it earlier. You know, we're making a massive, massive elder care conference right. to be held in the end of December. Details which will be let out to the public slowly right. as they become available. But the idea behind that is to help people who are in the parsha of dealing with elderly parents, grandparents, Help them navigate the the challenges that come along with it, whether it's medical issues or legal halacha hashkafa. There's going to be tremendous um, uh, 
panel discussions and breakout sessions on different topics. Nogaya to this parsha. And in terms of fundraising, is there an annual dinner at this There's point? There's an annual dinner. When it's does that happen? What month is Akhi? Can we uh, officially put the data? What did you do last time? You did it when last so time? The last two years we've done it in June. The one thing I'm very happy. So there was one the June after Sandy. There was one was the, the June after one. Sandy. Was there a massive response? Was it? A, so, was so, it I, so I know this will sound you know odd, but I, it, somebody compared it. You know, it was a great uh, analogy. Um, I think. Um, the dinner was overwhelmingly beautiful, the first one after Sandy. Yeah, that was in 2013, as it was in 14, Baruch right. Hashem. But go back to 13 for a minute, because, you know, it was really, we weren't sure. Right. About, you know, are we going to make a dinner or it's too soon? And the, the, once we started speaking to people in the community, felt, you know, it was a good opportunity for anyone to just, for the community to join together. Right. And maybe, you know, you know, breathe a little bit. And we made it very clear, and, and as did Ellie to the people that we reached out to, that it didn't make a difference. You know, we don't fundraise a lot, Baruch Hashem. Uh, we keep the budget to a minimum. There's one single fundraiser a year. We're very proud of that. It's only the dinner. But despite that, we'd let people know, we want you to be there with our community. Come out together a little bit. Bring your wives. Bring your family. And you could pay $5, pay $0. We didn't care. The crowd was beyond belief. And I think that the analogy I heard from someone was, uh, I believe it was in the, not I believe, it was obviously in 2001. You know, after the devastating, awful, terrible attacks on September 11th, right. the city was reeling. I don't know if you, right. uh, all those sports sure. uh, professionals out there or, or, or lovers. Um, a few, I don't know exactly when it was. It was a few days after the yeah. uh, saying there was a there was a Mets game. Sure. Mike Piazza, bottom right. of the ninth home run. Right, and Mike Piazza gets up there, had a chance says, to celebrate finally. Correct, Mike Piazza's head, and and people, it's gone down as one of those right. sports because iconic people, moment. People just were able to smile and be together. So obviously, Lahavdal, you know, we're, we're, we're in a firm <laughs> world over here. I'm not going to compare the Mike Piazza in a city field moment to hear the Jewish community and what we've gone through. But it definitely was uh, the crowd was beyond belief, and people just felt that they would need to band together. And, and finally had a chance to celebrate. And I just really hope that that's uh, because we've seen all types and all sizes. And I just it, it, it really is our hope that we can retain that sense of unity and don't let it disappear. We don't want to wait for you know a moment of tragedy to join together. You know, there's an irony about this week in terms of JM and the AM. Yesterday, uh, we spent a good part of yesterday's show uh, speaking about Mrs. Lubling of blessed memory. And when you think about it. And we really had, we had an amazing time with her son on the air yesterday because Ohel's honoring her memory coming up in are. November. And this is an organized Mrs. Lublik to an extent, right? This is a this is a model of what was going on 30 years ago, but in a much more organized fashion. So I I'm, I'm going to answer you with something which I I I, I believe you will walk away um, never forgetting what I'm about to tell you. I hope I live up to my statement. <laughs> um, about five or six years ago, now he has a first gun underway. Um, I made the rounds. And uh, I wanted to learn about, you know, this world a little bit, make sure that we can give people the proper help. And there were people who were around long before Achiezer was in trying to assist people in these fields. And uh, Mrs. Lubling, Revitson Lubling, Allah HaShalom, was one of those fascinating, amazing people. We actually had a tribute to her in our last newsletter. Nice. Um, but uh, she wasn't a youngster then. I don't know her exact age. And somebody arranged for me to go speak with her. I happened to have met her. After that, and I went down. This is a true story. My own eyes. I went down to NYU. And uh, I believe it was Shirley Rosman who he may have yeah, come across. You know Shirley. Sure. Uh, he made sure to, I, I could find her. She was hustling around the hospital. You know, this woman was in her 90s. And I always heard about it. I was like, what does it mean? She's walking to the doctor's offices demanding things. I was taken upstairs to the surgical floor. 
All right, I got goosebumps just remembering the story. <laughs> and I'm looking around for Mrs. Lubling, and I had a few people walking around with me, showing me around. I had a hospital administrator came to say hello. You know, uh, and all of a sudden, we're looking down the hall, and uh, this is, again, my own eyes. And I'm not aid me, P-aid me, P-aid. And we see two double doors, you know, the surgical thing where there's those big red lines where it says, do not enter or staff only. And all of a sudden, you know, the doors swing open towards us. I see this little lady, about four <laughs> foot, I don't know what she was, just just stumbling right out of the operating suite area. And so he goes, that's Rebson Lubling. <laughs> and right then and there, there were no words necessary. She just got out of surgery. I heard so I, I, she? She's coming out of the operating suite. What's she doing in there? You don't ask questions. She had to speak to a doctor. Well, the doctor was in the you know closed-off suite. So what? That doesn't stop Rebson Lubling. She needed to get her results for people in Kalia's film. And she was definitely someone that's uh, incredibly, le- incredibly uh, legendary and uh, we can learn from. Very um, similar to some of the stories we heard yesterday. I, I can only imagine that was, that was one of many, many, many. If I can deviate for a moment, sure. I hope they don't, they don't shoot me. I just want to give a little bit of a shout out. I never usually do this. I don't. They live a public life enough. You know, in the aftermath of Sandy, it was a it was a, a, a taxing time for my own personal family, for my wife Suri and our three children. I remember you told us in. that your house turned into an emergency center. It did, and uh, Sandy hit a day after we made our bris for our third right. trial, named after my grandfather, and it actually fell out that our. I don't want to say the names he's been called, my dear Yehudah Al-Khanan, our dear Yehudah Al-Khanan, Sandy this, Sandy that, you know, <laughs> that. But his Sandy birthday, baby. actually, his second birthday actually fell out today, um, on the second anniversary of Sandy Yehudah Al-Khanan. So it's definitely, we're smiling a lot more. My wife is smiling a lot more, um, remembering the way our house was completely overran uh, days after she had a baby. So I had to, you know, get that by her. Well, I, it was done anyways. But I want to appreciate the work that, uh, or the, the sacrifice that they made uh, as well. But uh, certainly going back to the, to, to the core mission, you know, it, it really is trying to make sure that people who are experiencing a crisis um, have a place to turn to. And uh, the staff here, I, can, I don't want to talk about myself only, um, they really do a terrific, terrific job in a dignified way. And without and, family supporting you, you wouldn't be able to do any of this. So, uh, And that speaks for myself and uh, many other staff members here. No question. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. Rabbi Bender, Ellie Weiss, more coming up. This is JM and the AM from Achiezer. Best way to support their incredible work, go to achiezer.org. Again, that's achiezer.org. This is a very special two-year anniversary of Superstorm Sandy at JM in the AM. (laughs) 